0: Hey, it's Mailbag Wednesday, uh, getting into a bunch of fan-centric questions about the Southsiders. Uh, What can the White Sox do to avoid another rebuild? Uh, How will rule changes like banning the shift and the pitch clock affect the White Sox this season? Are the off-season grades and early win total predictions warranted? And can Oscar Colas be an elite player in the American League in 2023? You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. Uh, We're free and available on all platforms, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Uh, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Uh, visit FanDuel.com/lockedon today to get started. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore G-G-T-B. Hey, really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk off-season White Sox. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The White Sox haven't had a Rookie of the Year recipient since Jose Abreu. Uh, Can Oscar Colas make a run at the award this year? It's been a miserable offseason for the White Sox, but has it really been as bad as some folks are saying? And is it time for the White Sox to prepare themselves for another rebuild? Hey, welcome back to Locked on White Sox. Look for another episode on Thursday this week. Uh, uh, we'll be back up to five episodes once spring training gets underway. Just a few weeks away. Uh, thank you so much for those uh, YouTube subscriptions. Uh, appreciate you passing it along to other White Sox fans in your life. Uh, we got about two weeks until pitchers and catchers report position players a few days after that. Uh, if you're participating in the World Baseball Classic, uh, that timeline might be a bit different. Uh, roughly eight weeks until opening day, and we just found out uh, that that March 30th game, that, that opening day, uh, White Sox in Houston, that's going to be an evening game 6:08 uh, Central time. And of course, we as Sox fans are still waiting on that big trade that will uh, most likely never uh, happen. Uh, so it's Mailbag Wednesday, and uh have been getting some great questions in throughout the week since our last mailbag. Now, this, uh, this question here, this has been talked about uh, quite a bit. Uh, and actually, it started getting whispered, I would say, you know, towards the end of this past season. Uh, it's an unfortunate question, but it's been brought up uh, uh, recently by a couple other fans of talking about this. Uh, how do the White Sox avoid another rebuild? And, I, I, you know, I can't believe, you know, we're thinking about that. We're talking about that. Obviously, the easy answer is to win. I mean, if the White Sox can uh, get their act together and they can, uh, you know, hit on all the levels that they want to hit this upcoming season, uh, get, uh, you know, everybody healthy for a majority of the season and, and return to a custom levels and all that uh, nonsense, then then we're in pretty good shape. But boy, you know, it's uh, been over six years and, and all the White Sox have to show for it is a couple of playoff wins. You know, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I was one of the first, uh, you know, to to throw it in Cubs fans faces when they only went to one World Series, and they won that World Series. Uh, but they did go to a bunch of championship uh, games, and you know, I feel like they were in the NLCS for multiple years. And uh, but I thought, wow, you only got one World Series uh, out of that, and only one appearance. And here we are as Sox fans, we, we don't even have a playoff series win to show for what's been going on. And I and I can't believe that. You know uh we're really thinking about this in a serious way uh you know it was whispers you' uh, you're, you're kind of starting to get a little a little scared you know you had the Copec injury uh, years ago and you just kind of felt like this has been coming over the last uh, several seasons you know failure uh, to land a superstar namely the whole uh, Manny Machado Bryce Harper thing years ago. Uh, the sacks' inability to fill blatant holes. I mean, they announce their needs uh, at the beginning of every offseason and they just fail to address them. The La Russa hire, you know, you know the, the Mancada Robert, Aloy, uh, not only all the injuries, but the failure to live up to the hype. Uh, and then the draft picks. Didn't amount to anything. The catcher position right now is is a huge issue. You know, I, I don't know if Grandal can really uh, be your, you know, your full time catcher for this season. I, I don't know if this if the Sox organization feels that way, or if they're going to lean just heavy on his bat if he can have get his legs right for that. You know, of course, winning will solve uh, a lot of things, but w- what if it doesn't? You know, I think April and May are going to be extremely important this upcoming season. Uh, my co-host of the weekly White Sox uh, podcast that I'm involved in, Good Guys Talk Back, uh, my co-host Pat Hester, had a wonderful point uh, recently that April and May this season are, are critical. I mean, it could it could shape you know the re- how the rest of the you know few years go for this organization. Say the Sox do not get off to a very good start in April and May. They're floundering. They're falling back in the AL Central. But you have guys that, you know, like Dylan Seas, maybe Tim Anderson, uh, Lucas Giolito, that have returned a little bit and are putting up good numbers, uh, favorable numbers. Looks like they've gotten themselves right. You know, what do the White Sox do at the trade deadline? You know, I don't see the White Sox... Resigning Lucas Giolito—that's just not—that just hasn't been their their M.O. over the years. Retaining a starting pitching. So, do they make? did they make a case out of Lucas Giolito? I, I I doubt it. But so that means you, you'd have to, you know, get rid of him. You, you'd have to try to rebuild on the fly. I mean, what's your long term plan for for Tim Anderson? I know we don't have to really address that, but do you? You know, do you sell? Do you sell high uh, on him? If, if he's having a great year, uh, but the team is not through May and into June. What about Dylan Cease? I, I can't even fathom giving away starting pitching uh, and not uh, getting the most out of what we have here uh, with Cease and, and Kopec and Giolito and, and even Lynn. But, you know, it is what it is right now with it, with this team. That very well could be something that the front office has to address. And do you even believe that they'll, they'll be able to get it right? It didn't seem like we got it right the first time around. Uh, rebuilding, you know, on the fly is understandable. Uh, but another 2016, I, I don't... <laughs> I can't stomach it. And I know I'm not the only one. There's so many Sox fans that are already done with this team after this, after what happened in 2022 and what has happened in this off season. And you got uh, single game tickets going on sale on Thursday, February 2nd. I, I have yet to, to interact with somebody that is going to be in the waiting line, you know, for those, for those tickets uh, gobbling up, Uh, you know, maybe some of the promotions and stuff, but I think there's a lot of fans just waiting to see how this team uh, performs uh, this summer especially if they're going to invest more of their time and money. So you want to think about, you know, some individuals, somebody we highlighted in the previous episode, Colson Montgomery, is Montgomery, someone like Noah Schultz, Oscar Colas, Lenin Sosa, are they the core of the next rebuild if there is to be one? I mean that that's the big worry. How to avoid it? Hey, simply play with some urgency, stay healthy, return to accustomed levels and win, win this season. And that's how you can avoid it. How about, uh, these, these rule changes that are coming into effect in 2023. Amber, uh, really appreciate the, the questions and the support and, and the listenership. Great questions you sent in going to highlight on the pitch clock and the shift. Um, You know, that's going to affect everybody in so many different ways. You know, I'm someone that's a bit of a baseball purist. Uh, I didn't like when they started putting the major league logo on the back of the uh, baseball caps, let alone the new era uh, logo on the side of the caps. You know, I'd like to to see baseball stay the same. I think the pitch clock is going to affect, you know, relievers, starters, namely a guy like Joe Kelly, the human rain delay, I've called him. Uh, He is definitely going to have to make some adjustments uh, and so will everybody else. You know, Dylan sees uh, he's not a get the ball and throw it type of guy. Um, I I think our pitching staff will benefit from watching some old videos of Mark Burley if they have not already, or even Johnny Cueto from last year. You know, he got the ball and he threw it, uh, trusted his catcher uh, and and his instincts, what he wanted to do uh, against a hitter you know I think pitchers and hitters uh, everybody really will be making adjustments you've got so many hitters that have their routines just like pitchers adjusting the batting gloves and and the helmet and the jersey and you know all that kind of stuff is going to have to be you know reimagined and altered uh it's going to be uncomfortable i think to many because of the different quirks or patterns that they have but i i'm i'm looking forward to quicker games I am against the shift. I feel like the defense, you know, you should be able to set up any way uh, you want and an offense needs to adjust. But I get why it's being done. And guys like Grandal and Sheets will benefit greatly, I think, uh, offensively. James Feegan of The Athletic, love James Feegan. Uh, He did not sugarcoat anything in his recent assessment of the Chicago White Sox offseason. I'm going to tell you why his answers uh, they were so refreshing. More on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Uh, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. Uh, they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 uh, with a no-sweat first bet. Uh, you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Uh, right now, I believe the over-under for Super Bowl 57 is 495 half. And an interesting, uh, somewhat of a prop bet, I guess, uh, points to be scored in the first minute of play. Uh, that's at plus uh, 4,000. Interesting uh, bet there. Uh, the FanDuel sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Uh, best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at fanDuel.com lockdown to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel dot com slash make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So this is uh, the season uh, here, just a few weeks away before pitchers and catchers report, and uh, you know everything is supposed to be rosy and, and and optimistic, and we've got a clean slate. It's a it's a brand new year. Anything can happen, and I'm still I'm still trying to hold on to those feelings, uh, but you're also getting to a point where. We have a lot of different publications that are going to be coming out with projected win total for teams and, and what was the offseason grade uh, for teams. And The Athletic did that uh, very recently. And uh, James Feegan had the write-up uh, for the Chicago White Sox, which is appropriate. Uh, so the questions from Danny here were, do I agree with uh, James off offseason grade? And how about FanDuel's 83-and-a-half win projection? Uh, thank you, Danny, uh, for writing in. So James Feigen gave the White Sox an F, the only team in this athletic report card, to receive an F. And this is what James Feigen wrote up about the White Sox offseason. Uh, There was a litany of supplementary ways the White Sox could improve the roster, but their primary needs were left fielder, second base, and filling the last spot of their rotation. Currently, they're lined up to rely on internal options for second base, and the starting pitcher they signed is the subject of a league investigation into stomach-turning domestic violence and child abuse allegations, bringing disgrace Upon a franchise that has had too many stories of personal misconduct in recent years. They probably can't expect him to cover many innings either, given where things currently stand. The Andrew Benatendi signing is good. And that's James Fegan. Wow, I look, I think it was refreshingly honest. It was a review that was not altered due to possible. A uh, pushback from the front office. Uh, Feigen uh, will absolutely have to run into these people and request interviews uh, throughout the season, and you don't want to ruffle too many feathers. But James Feigen gave an honest answer and a very fan-centric uh, answer. Honestly, I-, I love, I love this part here. Currently, they're lined up to rely on internal options for second base, and the starting pitcher they signed is the subject of a league investigation into stomach-turning domestic violence and child abuse allegations, bringing disgrace upon a franchise that has had too many stories of personal misconduct in recent years. Uh, he hit it right on the head. And, and that, that Clevenger thing, it's not like that was forced upon the White Sox. Uh, That that happened uh, as we've talked about here on lockdown and other folks have talked about it. You know, this, you were following along. Uh, That happened early uh, in the off season. They went out and got Clevenger and they were excited about that. They wanted that to be, they wanted to be proactive on that. And and they were, and I think James Feagan was accurate uh, in that, uh, in that assessment. Let's call it like it is. Uh, The Sox once again have failed to address so many uh, of their of their major holes, however, I will say that the Ben attendee, uh, the Ben attending signing w- was good. I-, I like that signing. It-, it answers, you know, not only a left fielder, but we've got the lefty bat. Uh, hopefully, that wrist, that hand of his, uh, is healthy. So maybe a D minus. Maybe you could have thought D minus, but I have no problem with James Fegan uh, giving the White Sox an F for what happened this off season. Uh, now the FanDuel, uh, the, the 83.5 uh, win total projection by FanDuel, look, that seems a little low to me, but uh, the reality is that the Sacks were an incomplete team last year. There were injuries galore, mismanaged, uh, and horrendous performances from so many different players. It's a tough sample size uh, to base a win total off of. Uh, with health and a return to a levels, the Sox should be more than just two or three wins better than last year. The Clevenger mess definitely affects the predictions, though. I think the starting uh, you know, pitching staff has got a bunch of question marks, really. Uh, but Ben Attendi and Aloy Jimenez at DH, not right field, at DH, should help the cause. I, I think of the big X factor is going to be the loss of Jose Abreu. Boy, if Andrew Vaughn gets off to a slow start, uh, if he can't, you know, if he can't shoulder the load, oh boy, uh, it is going to be. And and Jose Abreu uh, just absolutely starts off on fire to, to almost prove the White Sox wrong. Like you should have never done this. You should have never let me walk. Uh, yeah, I, how, how that uh, how that all plays out will be uh, will be interesting but 83 and a half eh, i think it's kind of low but these are just numbers that are being thrown out right now um, again i i i think they should be better than two or three wins this is from uh, tyler what do you look for during spring training appreciate the question tyler you know whether you are uh, going to be there live in person, or you're able to to watch uh, spring training games, and hopefully there's a decent amount of games that are televised. That has always been a bugaboo of mine. Uh, put the games on TV. You know, give us more than just five or six games. They're on the radio quite often, uh, especially if you've got the app. But TV, it, it, few and far between. There should be far more games televised if you're going to build this uh, build this game up. Uh, but you know, if you are lucky enough to go there and be there in person, or you know you're watching it closely of whatever they're going to show you on TV, and maybe you're you're following uh, the articles and, and all that stuff uh, on a daily basis, which I'm sure you are. Uh, you know, I'm I'm looking for you know defense. Uh, the socks were horrible uh, with defense uh, last year, and chemistry is going to be something that I, I'd also like to pay attention to with this second base battle. You know, Tim Anderson is going to be your shortstop. So what's the chem- chemistry between guys like to the to combinations like Anderson, Gonzalez, Anderson, Sosa? Is Garcia really going to be in that mix? Um, chemistry for sure. Uh, and, you know, when Graffold decides to, uh, to play some of these guys, what opportunities uh, does he give him as spring training, uh, you know, rolls on? Uh, little things like hitting the cutoff, man, like how prepared will this team be? You can watch some of those little things early on, those little mistakes that were so apparent in 2022. A uh, backing bases up, you know, uh, base running in general, uh, you know, seeing if you could take advantage of an outfield arm. How prepared will they be? You you can see that. Uh, you can see that. The second base job and the right field job going to be watching those, um, you know, closely. Again, hopefully it's more of a Oscar Colas, uh, Gavin Sheets situation. Uh, not Aloy Jimenez. Uh, And, you know, of course, pitchers are going to be working on all different kinds of things. There might be just outings where they're just looking at spotting fastballs uh, inside, outside, up and down. Maybe they're just going to be working on, you know, their changeup or or a secondary pitch or some other pitch that they've been experimenting with uh, and not necessarily competing in the way we hope that they would be uh, during the season. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing if they can achieve their goal and how they respond, you know, afterwards in their next outing, uh, maybe a bullpen session. What Ethan Katz is saying to us, whatever he whatever nuggets he gives us about what guys are, are, are hitting on and what guys still need to work on. Uh, hitters will be working on, you know, things as well. Again, uh, getting adjusted to the new rules, you know, uh, without the shift. With the pitch clock, I think this is your opportunity uh, to really try to get try to get assimilated as quickly as possible in whatever way you can, uh, so you can hit the ground running in Mar- on March 30th. Uh, the World Baseball Classic will disrupt things as uh, several players from the White Sox will be off uh, playing competitive baseball. I- I'm hoping that helps uh, that they're prepared. Uh, for March 30th. Uh, but again, players getting acclimated to the new rules, the little things, you know, the, the defense and, and just seeing how Pedro Graffoli sets things up, how he manages different, uh, players uh, in different innings. And, you know, again, the second base and right field jabs are going to be really interesting in my mind. Uh, If Aloy Jimenez gets his way, Oscar Colas will not even have a chance to prove himself. But I'm going to tell you why Colas will not only get his moment, but how how he can thrive in 2023. More on that in a moment. So this uh, from Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, Does Oscar Colas have a shot at rookie of the year? Uh, So FanDuel has got Oscar Colas at plus 1,400. Uh, if you're into into betting him right now, uh, eighth best odds on FanDuel. Uh, Keith Law recently, I don't think he put, even put him in the top 100 prospects. Uh, depends on uh, if he adjusts quickly and if he plays. You know, if if Oscar Colas can adjust to what pitchers are trying to do to him, uh, and he's gonna he's gonna slump, he's he's gonna struggle. But if he's not trying to do too much uh and and he just he takes with the pitchers giving them knowing that his power will come along you know he'll start being able to hit you know all areas of the field uh but you know i have a i have a weird feeling that he could try to you know he could try to outplay you know he really wants to impress right in in Glendale Arizona that that's understandable uh but he also needs to stay within himself and i hope he's got people uh, that he can rely on that could talk to him in those moments of hey, look, you're you're out here to to compete. You know we know what you can do. You know that's why you're here. That's why everybody's excited about you. Just show us. And uh, obviously, he needs the opportunities uh, this 2023. So if if he can win the job, and he's your he's your everyday starting right fielder. And he actually plays, you know, a majority of the season. That that's obviously important when it comes to this award. You know, I think he might have an outside chance. It's not a it's not a good chance at all. I was taking a look at uh, Rodriguez uh, last year for Seattle. He won the uh, 2022 Rookie of the Year, AL Rookie of the Year, of course. And Rodriguez played in 132 games. Uh, last season for the Mariners slash 284, 345, and 485 with 21 home runs, 62 RBIs. Those are some nice numbers for any player, let alone uh, a rookie. So you you say he's a center fielder. So you say, "Eh, is that maybe the, is that the line to be, you know, numbers similar to that? Does Colas get into that area of 20 plus home runs? Boy, if he can get there, Wow, we might have to readjust the uh, that projected win total for sure. Uh, last White Sox Rookie of the Year, of course, Jose Abreu. Uh, 145 games uh, in that magical uh, 2014 season. 145 games as a rookie. Abreu slashed 317, 385, 581. Uh, That year is slugging in OPS plus led all of Major League Baseball, uh, had 36 home runs, 107 RBIs, fourth in MVP voting. Of course, Abreu was playing professional baseball in Cuba uh, before coming over to the MLB, uh, but still impressive numbers in that uh, rookie campaign in 2014. So my hope for Oscar Colas is to not even be thinking about that look, how, how can I help this team? How can I just be serviceable? You know, my hope is that the core players, the White Sox core players, they do stay healthy. They do return to accustomed levels. And Oscar Colas is one of the guys that can kind of, you know, hide out and play in plain sight and, and just do what he needs to do in the outfield uh, you know, to help this team defensively. I think the offense will come, uh, but Not trying to do too much. Adapt, learn from his experience, and manage through the lulls because there's going to be lulls. You know who are the mentors going to be? I've talked about this. Uh, Jose Abreu would be an excellent uh, choice. That's not the case. Who steps up uh, and helps Oscar Colas through this? Uh, And what happens if he doesn't win the job? You know, then you don't. You're not even thinking rookie of the year. You're just thinking like, how can this guy? Uh, provide to the for the White Sox. And I, I start thinking about your mean Mercedes, not necessarily, uh, you know, apples to apples. But when things started going south for your mean, and there were a lot of things that that happened in that uh, it just he he lost it. Right. He just couldn't get he couldn't get it back. He was his own worst enemy in ways. And you, you don't want when Colas, if he hits rock bottom, which he's going to hit a bottom for him to just you know, go down a dark path, you know, hang in there. This happens. This is the ebb and flow uh, of a young star in, in major league baseball. So I, I, my hope again, is that he could just be serviceable and help out this team. But boy, if he, you know, if he plays consistently, he wins that starting job and, and, you know, things start coming easy to him, you know, maybe, maybe he is something uh, somebody to look out for in the AL rookie of the year. Uh, really appreciate all the questions and comments and predictions. Uh, no shortage of stuff to go through this week. Again, it's locked on socks at gmail.com. We'll do another mailbag next Wednesday. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Locked on White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. Uh, you find your podcast. We're on Twitter at Locked On You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and again get those questions and comments in now for next week's mailbag. Uh, thanks for making Locked On White Sox your first listen. I'll make your second listen. Locked On MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Coming up by the next episode, I'll be continuing to look at offseason scenarios and how they will impact the White Sox in 2023 as we inch closer to spring training. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. Uh, I'm Nick Murowski. and until next time, go Sox.